Welcome to Tuscan Radio. I'm Drew Gretsch, and today I'm talking all about Star Wars The Bad Batch, Season 1, Episode 11, Devil's Deal. This episode was released on Disney Plus on July 9th, 2021, and has a runtime of 27 minutes. The episode was directed by Stuart Lee and was written by Tamara Baker Wilkinson. As the seeds of rebellion foment on an outer rim world, the Empire schemes to stop it. So I'm just going to say right now, this is going to be a much shorter podcast. I don't, I mean, there is a lot to talk about this, this episode, but I just don't feel like there's enough really there to just talk about it for that much. And, you know, I've got a whole lot of um, Black Widow stuff to do this weekend for another Marvel podcast. If you guys have seen Black Widow, uh, you guys can he- head over to that feed where I have already re- released my before and after, which you may remember I did for The Rise of Skywalker. So you guys can listen to the, to the before segment before you see the film and then come back and listen to the after segment. Or if, if you've already seen the movie, you can go ahead and just listen to it all the way through. But Black Widow's on Disney Plus and I still got to do my notes for that. So yeah. Um, and I'm going to be doing the um, Visions trailer. So uh, that's always going to be in this in this episode. So that is what we are going to do. I'm trying to think if there's any other real real news. Well, we do. Well, we do have have some stuff for the book of Boba Fett. Uh, Tamor Morrison has confirmed a, a, a few directors for the series. Uh, those directors are Robert Rodriguez, who of course is the showrunner. So of course he's directing some episodes. John Favreau is directing at least one episode, as is Dave Filoni. So the two uh, creators behind The Mandalorian are coming back to do some stuff for Book of Boba Fett. And Bryce Dallas Howard, who in The Mandalorian directed Chapter 3, The Sin, Chapter 7, The Reckoning, and Chapter 11, The Heiress. Uh, Three just absolutely fantastic episodes. So she is also returning for at least one episode of the book of, of for the book of Boba Fett. So I think it is time to get into this visions breakdown. So I'm just gonna play this uh, the special look real quick, and then we can just talk about it. So here we go. Visions is going to be an exciting anime anthology series coming to Disney Plus in September. Japanese animation inspired a lot of the people at Lucasfilm over the years. We loved the idea of seeing Star Wars expressed in that way. Each one of these studios that we approached, we found hardcore Star Wars fans. They all had a story they wanted to tell. When I heard of the Stars Project, I thought it was like a dream. I thought, finally. I've been waiting for this. When I heard about it, I thought, can you really do that with Star Wars? We were looking for something from the heart and soul of the individual creators. They are their visions through the lens of Star Wars. There are so many genres at play. 
big and bold, romantic and sweeping, funny, comedic. This is a rock opera style film. I want to include the concept of the traditional Japanese culture of mountains. It's basically the story of twins of the dark side. A lightsaber is the stuff of children's dreams. I took that and added a bit of Japanese taste. We tried to have some retro vintage feeling. We couldn't skip the Astroboy influence. People love Astroboy. I wanted to make a symbolic character and was looking for a non-human being. I wanted to make a period drama with the taste of Star Wars. It's the story of a master and Padawan who meet an unknown enemy. I'm happy I directed a Star Wars episode as my final work. We feel so fortunate to be working with these filmmakers. There are so many opportunities to reflect Japanese storytelling in a Star Wars universe. Star Wars Visions is completely different than everything else in Star Wars storytelling. Audiences will fall in love with it. So all nine short films for Star Wars Visions will premiere on Disney Plus on Wednesday, September 22nd, 2021. So I'm not entirely sure yet how I'm going to be covering the show. It, it depends on, on how long each short film is. If they're all about 20 minutes, I will probably do one film per episode. If they're five or six minutes, I... I I will probably do either what I did with the Clone Wars and Rebels and Resistance and, like, do a clump. Like, remember how how I did, like, half seasons? That's what I'll probably do. Or if they're all, like, super, super short, I will just, like, on Friday do um, one podcast breaking down the, the entire series. So, I'm just going to go through some of the stuff that we know about Visions. Let me just get to StarWars.com, or have all this. All right. So, yeah, all nine episodes, September, or films, all nine films, uh, September 22nd, 2021 on Disney+. Plus. So this has also been confirmed. This, this show is not canon. These are not canonical events. 
I'm happy about that. I I hope that you know, like some of the stuff like uh the the duel and the twins, I hope that there are ways to like I can fit that into my own headcanon. But I'm glad that these are things that are not gonna be referenced by Anything else, really. Just because it, it'll make it feel more special. It, it'll it make it feel special. Just having these movies, not movies, films, the, the, the short films, just telling standalone stories. So we didn't hear at the, at, the, at the Disney Investor Day back in December. It was 10 films. Uh, there is the final movie entitled The Ninth Jedi is is part nine and that originally started as development on like two films part one and part two and then it just became one movie so that's fine it's fine uh it's gonna be the same it's the same story i hope uh, i i i truly hope that it is just like they they took everything they did for one and two and just put it together i hope that they didn't cut anything out or if, if there's something that they didn't make it flow better and feel less choppy and just because I feel like a lot of times when things are edited together like that, just like you, you take like part one and part two, which just doesn't feel the same, really. Because like each movie has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Each film has a distinct three-act structure. And giving something a six-act structure just doesn't really work. And a lot of times you can't like say, all right, here's part, here's act one and two of this first movie. Here, that's just act one. No, because act three is a conclusion. Act 3 is a conclusion, even in, like, The Empire Strikes Back or Infinity War. That's still a conclusion. And a lot of people are like, well, those are movies that don't have endings. Yeah, they, they do have endings, but the heroes lose. So that just makes sense. I, I just don't want it to feel like it's two films that are put together. You know, I, I'd rather it actually be two films or I shouldn't be able to tell where they cut. You know, just, I don't want to feel choppy. Um, so, uh, the studios behind these movies, Kamikaze Duga is in charge of The Duel, Gino Studio, Twin Engine, Lop and Ocho, Studio Colorido, or Colorido, uh, Twin Engine, is doing Tatooine Rhapsody. Trigger is behind both the Twins and the Elder. Kinema Citrus is the production studio that developed The Village Bride. Science Saru uh, did both Akakiri and T0B1. And production IG is producing The Ninth Jedi. So, I'm just, I'm just going to go through the things that, that we know about all these movies. The duel from Kamikaze Duga in, infuses Star Wars with Japanese iconography. The concept art revealed for the, the short reveal features samurai-esque Jedi and Sith, an astromech droid with straw hat, and more that embraces Japanese culture. It was just irresistible, said Lopez. We were all overwhelmed when we saw this artwork. So yeah, I'm excited for the duel. I am excited. I think that's the one. So we know that, that, that we're getting a um, a Visions Ronin book for, from Del Rey. 
in October. And I think that they confirmed this week that that book is a spinoff of this film, The Duel, which I think is the first one. If, if, if these are in the right order, like if, if, if these are things that are like The Duel is episode one, The Ninth Jedi is episode nine, just if, if that's how it's going to be. And I do hope that it's not like listed on Disney Plus as a show. I do hope it is listed as nine distinct movies. Because I'm also just excited to see the Visions collection on Disney Plus. I don't know. Um, director Takanobu Mizuno had one goal with the duel. The thing he, he was really clear on was that he just wanted this to be a love letter to Star Wars. The core theme of this short ends up being such a Star Wars story. The tale is ultimately about someone who must choose selflessness, a core Star Wars theme. As far as visuals... The, the duel will, will be told in black and white with, splash, with splashes of color for certain elements like lightsabers. That's awesome. That is awesome. That's what I'm excited to see with these films. I'm excited. And I'm not an anime person. I've seen like maybe, maybe two or three episodes of anime. That's not really a dig against. It's just I, I can't really get into it. And I hope that this ch changes my mind. I hope that seeing a Star Wars through this lens makes me love anime. It's truly what I hope with this, with these films. And just like, already I can tell this is going to be one of the most creative Star Wars projects of all time. I, I, I can already tell this is going to be incredibly creative. It's also going to be pretty divisive, I think. I, I think that there are going to be pe people who, who love it and people who hate it. It's what I believe is going to happen with this Uh with this project, and I hope that I'm one of the, pe the people who loves these films. For Gino Studios' Lop and Ocho, the visuals reflect its messaging. The, the design style on this short really focuses on the collision between natural beauty and, and, and encroaching industrialization, with the empire re representing the march of technology. Lop and Ocho features a space bunny person. Her name is Lop, and we love her already. She is cute and expressive and completely unwavering in her devotion to good and family and, and loyalty. She's awesome. So yeah, that's so I, I'm not too sure about what Ocho's going to be, but I am very... Th there are some of these that I am excited for, like the dual and the, the, the twins and Tatooine Rhapsody, and then others that I'm just like, cool. Yeah, the, that'll be a cool concept. This, I mean, it's just some stuff in here that's not really just super intriguing to me, just the fact that it's Star Wars is intriguing to me, and that we're going to be getting to see, like, these films taking place outside of the timeline. And, and that makes me wonder, because, like, is... uh. The book canon is is the Ronin book canon because I I wonder like if these are gonna if, if some of these are gonna be like set so far back in time that it honestly does not matter if they're canon because they because they they are are not affected by anything else and nothing is, is affected by them so, and and obviously if it was like in the era of in between episodes three and four then that would be you know bring them much more into question. Another thing I wonder, are we going to see, like, recurring characters? 
not in the sense of, like we're gonna be seeing La, La Pinocho in every single short. Just like, could we see Darth Darth Vader in, in these films? Like, are the like I've been thinking of these as just completely original, all new characters, all new designs, all new themes, mu- musically. But it kind of seems, you know, like, and, and we're getting this one that I'm about to talk about with the Tatooine Rhapsody. So I wonder if some of these are going to be much more focused on pre-existing characters or if others are just going to be all new. So number 11 on StarWars.com, put down your blasters and grab a guitar for Studio Colorado's Tatooine Rhapsody. Told through more... Chibi art style Tatooine Rhapsody is heading into uncharted Star Wars waters. It's a Star Wars rock opera about a band with a dream to make it big. We we took a chance and they just blew us away with the style and the characters and the tone. And really the heart of what is best in Star Wars about found family and the dream. It's also one of the few shorts to feature classic characters as our heroic band will, will run into Boba Fett and Jabba the Hutt. So one of the few shorts, few, so I believe we're going to be seeing, you know, Darth Vader in at least one of these films. We will be seeing Darth Vader in at least one of these films. Probably also Yoda, maybe Luke Skywalker, three most iconic Star Wars characters, and maybe R2 and 3 also. And I also wonder if any of these could maybe be taking place after the rise of Skywalker. Could we see how the galaxy has changed since then. I don't know. I, I, I kind of want that to be saved for a movie, though. I, I want that to be saved for, like, a big theatrical r- release. Like, maybe Rogue Squadron. Which, speaking of Rogue Squadron, the script is being finalized. Which is some other news I forgot to mention. But, yeah, the script is being finalized. I expect them to start shooting... Well, if we look at how when they shot the Rise of Skywalker, uh, I'd expect pr- production on Rogue Squadron to start in August, twenty twenty two, to make that December twenty twenty three date. So, you know, or there could just be that they could move the movie up a bit. May maybe by by a week or two. I know I, I wouldn't be sad about that. Just a little bit cl- closer to extra Star Wars or new Star Wars. Triggers the twins and the elder will offer new spins on Hallmark Star Wars motifs. The twins subverts the idea of Luke and Leia and imagines a brand new set of twins born into the dark side and how far the brother will go to save a sister. That's the one that is, that this is my most anticipated one, is the twins. I'm so excited for that. That's just, that's going to be so new and interesting. It's gonna, it's gonna be so so cool. It, it's gonna be so cool to see that. Um, this is is, is even re- rep- represented visually with a co-joined star destroyer. The elder, however, takes a closer look at another kind of Star Wars bond. The elder is an homage to a classic Star Wars master and Padawan relationship. You also find the dual meaning of the title after you watch the short. That's, I'm excited for that. I'm very, very excited for that. 
The Village Bride by Kinema Citrus follows a fallen Jedi, but not in a way you'd expect. The Guardian of Peace and Justice observes a local tradition in a far-off village through the eyes of a bride on the eve of her wedding day. An unexpected choice she must make to save her people. It's poetic, meditative, and romantically bittersweet. This short also approaches the Force in a really unique and surprising way, too. Theory about this. The Force will be seen as a villain in this short. Just hearing that, that's what I think. The Force will will, will be seen as an antagonist in this short. The, the Village Bride. Science Saru's two shorts, Akakiri and T0B1, share a similar cartoonish style but differ in tone. It's a be- So Akakiri is a beautiful yet painful story about a princess. TB01, however, is a much more heartwarming fair. It's a cute and fun story of an adorable droid who dreams to be a Jedi. We all know that's impossible. Droids cannot become Jedi. Um, that's going to be one that I think, you know, I've been saying that's going to be like a Pixar one. You know, that's going to be one that uh, makes, sort of, brings out the, the tears a bit. So, um, Science Saru founder Ian Young Choi Ian Young Choi draws influence from many of the same sources as Star Wars. I think it's really interesting to see how the East and West influence each other. And there's a circle of creativity that goes back and forth. It's interesting to see her take on the classic Akira Kurosawa melded with the Star Wars mythology and taking her own science Saru expression and putting it all in this mix. It looks really great. Lucasfilm was especially excited to work with production IG, makers of the Ninth Jedi. They are true anime pioneers, from Ghost in the Shell to the anime sequence in Kill Bill. They have an amazing pedigree as innovators. The Ninth Jedi is an absolutely epic story. But it actually begun as two separate shorts. One, one was to be set in a time when the Jedi had fallen back into legend and needed, needed to come back as darkness threatens the galaxy. With the daughter of a lightsaber smith seeking out the, the Jedi and delivering their weapons. The other story was to be told from the point of view of eight warriors coming together. Learning if they are indeed force sensitive and can trust each other. Ultimately, the decision was made to combine the stories in order to achieve something on a grander scale. We brought those two tales together to create something really epic and special. They had us at Lightsaber Smith. While all the shorts have original scores, there's something extra special about the music for the Ninth Jedi. The score was, was recorded at the Musa Kawasaki Symphony Hall, an acclaimed modern venue. Last, last note here, Star Wars fans who don't know anime, fear not. Lucasfilm is confident that you'll find something to enjoy in Star Wars Visions. These things go, 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 go together like peanut butter and chocolate. So ho- ho- hopefully they love this combination as much as everybody on this panel does. Because this was on all on a panel last Saturday. So that's it. Talking about Star Wars Visions. Again... I don't know how we're going to uh, really go through it. I assume something along the lines of like, 
maybe just one podcast episode, but spend like 15, 20 minutes on, on each short, maybe. So just be like one giant podcast, like two and a half, half hour show. So yeah. Um, but it is time now to talk about the Bad Batch episode 11. So if you've not seen the first 11 episodes of Star Wars The Bad Batch, leave. Leave. Go. Go. I'm, I'm going to spoil it. I'm going to spoil it, but I don't really feel like there's that much to spoil. Except, uh, you know, this episode, The Bad Batch is not in it that much. They have one scene. Like, right in the middle. And they're, like, more supporting characters. So... The, the the entirety episode was on Ryloth. Or almost the whole episode was, was on, on Ryloth. So that was actually super cool to see. Just everything being there. Um I I was not expecting that. Like I got we got like eight eight minutes through the episode. I'm like, we have haven't seen Hunter and Omega and, and the rest of the squad yet, but you know who we did see a lot this episode? Crosshair. Crosshair was in this episode a ton, which was super interesting. May maybe that's how they justified it because this is also a Crosshair show, but he's not been in the show a whole lot. So, yeah. But I I thought this was a really great episode because you guys know you guys know I I've been saying this so so much on this podcast. I've been wanting from the series to be seeing what the galaxy is like. In, immediately following Re- Re- Revenge of the Sith. That's what we've gotten these last two weeks. We got it in episode 10 on Raxus, and we got it in episode 11 on um, on Ryloth. So, you know, we know that the next episode's called Rescue on Ryloth. And then episode 13 is called Infested, and then 14 is titled War Mantle. And we do not have titles yet for the Final two episodes of the season. So Rampart was actually in here a lot also. Because Rampart, the funny thing is, like, they were so quick to, like, announce his Black Series figure. Like, before they even announced one for, um... Uh... Ahsoka. For, for Mando. Um, and even Echo. Hasn't gotten a Bad Batch f- figure yet. So... That was uh, a little strange, you know, they just rushed it into production, and now he's been in three episodes. He's not been in the show for, like, eight weeks. So, no, he was in episode seven. He he was in episode seven. Um, But, anyway, just getting to see sort of this other side of the galaxy, I really loved. I really loved that. Um, I think... You know, Hera and Chopper. Hera and Chopper were so incredibly just Hera and Chopper. It, this episode felt like a prequel to Rebels. This felt like the Rebels pilot. Just like, here, here are episodes about where all these people came from. And this felt like it would, would be the one for Hera. So that, I, I, I love that just so, so much. Um, something that was interesting to me a lot, or something that was super interesting to me, was, uh, Captain Hauser. Captain Hauser, clone trooper, still acts like a clone trooper. 
All the other clones we've seen, other than Rex and the other ma ma members of the Bad Batch, they've all just been stormtroopers now. They've all been stormtroopers. So getting to see a clone act like a clone is very is very interesting. I wonder if he might go off with them, with the Bad Batch, uh, after na next week, because na next week's episode is Rescue on Ryloth. I think the Bad Batch will, will be much more involved then. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't have that much to say about this episode. Just, Hauser is super interesting. And, Yeah. I don't have that much to say about this episode. Story gets a 7. The acting, visual effects, music, cinematography, those all get 10s. Directing and writing both get an 8. The comedy's a 0. There was no comedy in this episode. Heart and rewatchability and are both 8. So this, so this episode gets a 7.9 out of 10. Essentially an 8 out of 10. I did really love the scene where Omega and... Hera are on the, um, the Havoc Mar Marauder. I thought that was a great moment. And just them meet, meet, meeting each other was so, so cool. Uh, but I really do not have anything else that I have to say about this episode of The Bad Batch or Visions for the time being. So... Yeah, thank you guys just so, so much for listening to this episode of Tuscan Radio. I'll be back next week with episode 12, ho hopefully continuing this Ryloth arc. And there is, of course, this, this big podcast weekend for another Marvel podcast. Yesterday, I released the Blackwater Before and After. It's my initial take on the film. Sunday is when I'm releasing the huge, like, two-hour review of the movie. And also, I think maybe tonight or tomorrow i'm doing uh the what if trailer because that dropped yesterday so thank you guys so so much for listening you guys can follow us on twitter at tuscan radio pod uh, and that's the e easiest way to connect with us um kid commentariesnetwork.com leave a five star review on itunes and, and, we'll, and we will read it here on the show please go and leave a five star review for another marvel podcast there are gonna be a lot of people who are finding that show for the first time this weekend because of black widow being a released so i really want to get just the best word out about that show as i possibly can so black widow is also great guys if you've not seen it yet go see it it's awesome and yeah so thank you guys so, so much for listening i'm drew gretch and the force will be with you always